1: hi there i'm ethan palmer of the lore boys thanks for listening with halloween coming we decided to do a couple of extra special spooky episodes for you guys but we wanted to give you the heads up that this episode contains pretty graphic descriptions of violence if that's not your thing uh, we'll be back to normal in just a few weeks if that is your thing then enjoy with halloween
0: coming. yeah my
2: out, neighbor the supercomputer put blades
0: <laughs> in my fucking <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Bones here, bringing you another disturbing, trademark, Halloween, trademark episode. Brought to you by Goldner, Goldner Tinned Peaches, official tinned peaches of the Loreboys podcast. Goldner, we sealed our cans with lead. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Peter O'Donohue, the only living thing whose natural habitat is hot water, and I am joined with... Ethan Palmer.
0: That's me. And Jimmy Mustard Mitz Miller. Jimmy... Do you want Old to tell people mustard. the Mustard
2: Mitz story?
0: <laughs> I, before we get into it, yesterday I was washing a dish after making a sandwich, and the mustard and dish soap were next to each other. And I used mustard to wash my hands instead of soap. Okay, it was a classic mix-up. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I've done it's the a same. Classic.
0: I've done the same with the sulfuric acid. I keep next
1: to the uh, the soap.
0: <laughs> you got to commit to it, though. You can't go to the soap afterwards because then they know you won. Yeah, yeah. Or exactly, they won yeah, rather. Exactly. It's yeah. a
2: classic vaudeville cliche to swap to swap the dish soap with the uh in the silent film era buster keaton did
1: it all the time to whoever was the antagonist of buster keaton shit i feel like uh jamie's whole life is kind of like a vaudeville cliche though you know in a lot of ways he moved, yeah, moves very fast yeah. mostly in black and white yeah very frenetic he doesn't speak but signs uh with with words he wants to convey appear in the air between sentences. yeah yeah <laughs> Wears ah. eyeliner,
0: runs from the cops. Mm-hmm. Hangs from clock Every time I sleep. leave a room, someone plays me out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So today, on another
2: October branded episode of the Lore Boys podcast, the internet's number one fake history podcast,
1: uh, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. If uh, you ask the internet. The internet voted, and they all agree. This is the number one fake history podcast out there. Fuck yeah, idiots. Yep. That Thanks. Was, that, that was also fake, but it's, it's part oh. of the experience.
2: Part of oh, the fake yeah, history. Every- Everything we say is completely untrue. (laughs) Uh, So today we're going to be talking about I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream. Uh, Both the 1968 short story and the 1995 adventure game. uh, Adventure game, rather. Uh, So I'll start with similarities, uh, then the characters, the character-by-character basis, and differences, as well as a little bit of stuff about the author. Mm -hmm. So... um, I know I've talked about it just with you guys like behind the scenes, the Hollywood magic, mm-hmm. but uh, do you guys know anything about uh, the author or the book or the game?
0: So Jamie, I'll start with you. Oh, go ahead Jamie. Nothing. Go nothing. Ahead, go ahead, Absolutely nothing. Perfect. So so you can go ahead, Ethan, because I don't know what we're getting into. It's a
1: goose egg from Mustard Mitts. How about Ethan? <laughs> uh, old Mr. Meatball over here. Um, <laughs> I, I, I got to say, this one's pretty, pretty fresh to me because I have a mouth, and I very rarely, if ever, feel the need to scream. Okay. So
2: So the first spoiler is that it's a short story and not a survey. So that, okay. that answer is not going to be
1: relevant, but it, we'll learn it, a few. Is it a short story in the form of a Yelp review? Uh, (laughs) yeah, for a dentist who removes somebody's mouth, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I'm gonna say yes, it is okay. There's your fake history, folks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that uh, that dentist satisfaction review afterwards is always given uh, by speech, so he uh, has a perfect score because no one can speak poorly against him. It's always,
1: yeah. Although ja- so, Jamie, it doesn't bother Jamie at all because he has the power to make words appear to convey what he's trying to express, like a vaudeville hero.
0: Yeah, yeah. Little, this isn't my real part. Yeah, yeah. This isn't my real voice. This is a paid voice actor reading my <laughs> reading vaudeville lines yeah. this yeah. whole time. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it would be
2: like a vaudeville text-to-speech engine where you just input the slide from the film reel and then it just like speaks <laughs> out for you. <laughs> Why I've run afoul of an Irishman and then it's just
1: like, yeah, there's, there's Jamie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Jamie is the Irishman
2: uh (laughs) so uh first we'll talk about harlan ellison uh the author Mm. of i have no mouth uh Mm. which is just going to be the short form that i use going forwards uh turns out this fucking crazy name harlan ellison is his real name it's not a pen name it's not anything like that is it that crazy Um, harlan yeah i think so
1: okay fair fair we got pizza harlan ellison is
2: a weird name he was (laughs) born in ohio cleveland ohio so it's foreign and scary to me okay, okay. yeah yeah Cle- cleveland ohio is a scary place <laughs> he he was born in 1934 the scariest version of cleveland ohio i think <laughs> <laughs> um oh, wait which is actually just like my mom my mom was born in cleveland in
1: 1965
2: so. oh really I yeah know. when Dude. was drew carey born probably in the 60s why don't you have um, dual
1: citizenship with the states
2: Cause I started in 2016, and then after the election, gave up, and I was like, "I'm gonna sit this out for a bit." Oh, okay. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> I, I had only thought about it when in 2016. I was like, oh, "It's always been on my list of things to do." I had a good job at the time that had an office in the states, so I had started looking into it. And yeah, then yeah. after the election, I was just like, "Fuck this, maybe I'll wait. <laughs> we'll put it on pause for a bit. <laughs> yeah, I'll put, put this on pause. Put a pin in that one." <laughs> but I am entitled to dual citizenship still, okay. so I will get it eventually. Um and so, then the IRS can come and try and get taxes from me. So Peter, let's really dig in here. Uh
1: what happened in 2016 that made you so averse to uh to the whole process? Uh
2: you know, I it, it's just- <laughs> Prey came out and I was really busy up in Canada. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. I was really busy playing Prey by so some, something RPG about stupid. Prey Prey and Predators. Gotcha. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 uh so uh Ellison, um he While he was young, I love this little part about his life, um, he took on a series of really fucking weird odd jobs up until he was 18, um, including but not limited to a door-to-door brush salesman, which, whatever the fuck that means. Well, you're Um, not going to
1: open up a brush store. I guess not in the
2: forties <laughs> you wouldn't do that, right? Oh, yeah. No one's gonna come and get brushes. It's ridiculous. We yeah,
0: need yeah. to
1: send out we need to send out teenage boys. People people or will else. make do with rags and sponges unless you bring the bring the brush to them, you know? Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what kind Are you still using like, an old rag on a stick? <laughs> yeah. Toothbrush, hairbrush, shoe brush? like snow brush for your car, shoe right, brush. Maybe. I don't know how yeah. many cars people would have had in the forties. When was the Model T
2: created? In the 30s. So. Yeah. yeah, but the Model T was also like a box with four bicycle wheels, wasn't it?
1: Well, I mean, it, I it had no a windshield. Did it? Yeah, for sure. It didn't have a roof. I think your least of your concerns would be a fucking snow brush. Oh, you I'm need to shovel. I'm pretty sure the Model T had a roof. I'm looking it up. Jamie, pull up the clip.
0: Yeah, Jamie pulled it, right. it.
1: It had like okay. a little convertible convertible roof. Oh, okay. Actually, yeah. okay. So the brushes are unknown. Um, he was also a tuna fisherman a hired gun for an insane rich man can i can i can we sorry i, I don't want to dig in my heels here so early on in the episode <laughs> is there a lot of tuna fish in the cleveland river uh it was in louisiana <laughs> oh okay okay yeah, he, moved, he moved around he moved around but yeah it was around. in louisiana went went yeah. with the tuna i didn't know there was a lot of tuna fish in these swamps of louisiana either
0: so didn't yeah. know <laughs> either yeah, so like, yeah up, you know up you until get it? he was 18 he had these odd jobs you get, like, a can of tuna. It looks so small, but the tunas, they're really big. They're big fish, big fish. We gotta cut them yeah. up. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, what, you... 200 pounds, something like that? More. Or, or bigger. They're a gigantic. Th- a thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Jesus. They're massive. So bigger he was bigger a... than a horse. Yeah. So he was a tuna fisherman,
2: not in Ohio. Uh, he was a hired gun for an insane rich man. A, a Pinkerton Light, I guess. I guess. <laughs> uh, nitroglycerin truck driver. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and a floor walk and a floor walker at a women's
1: prison nitroglycerin uh, truck driver in the 40s is 40s and 50s is like a comically dangerous job that's gotta yeah. be like <laughs> yeah. like, mean- well, like Least safe profession, imagine <laughs> like hauling a trailer with no suspension on a dirt road. Yeah, yeah, what, the <laughs> what the hell? Just like one one solid axle, no suspension, and just a bunch yeah. of glass bottles full of nitroglycerin. <laughs> 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 uh, what the hell? Oh.
2: And finally, a lithographer. And I have a little game for you guys. I made up one of those
1: things. I want you to guess which job I made oh, up. Oh, I'm gonna guess nitroglycerin truck driver, just because we talked about it so much. Okay, so yeah, Um, do you want to recap, Jamie, or for the people at
0: home? Yeah, do a quick recap. Okay, wait, wait,
1: okay, wait, because we asked you the question about the tuna fish and you gave us a bit more info, so I feel like we should make it like the two truths and a lie game where we get to ask you some questions to figure out which one you're lying about. Okay, so let me recap the answers first and (laughs) then
2: we can can do that. So, door-to-door brush salesman, tuna fisherman, hired gun for an insane rich man, nitroglycerin truck driver floor walker at a women's prison and a lithographer okay what's
1: lithography uh it's printing it's making image like lithographs or images okay so you're very confident about that one so i'm pretty sure it's not that
0: i want to say nitroglycerin truck driver i'll just say floor now floor walker at a women's prison is way too specific and so is the hired gun for insane rich man i I guess i'll say tuna fisherman i wouldn't put a past go ahead the first one. The first one. I'll say the first one. Brush he was salesman. not a brush salesman.
1: You do not think he sold brushes? Okay. I'm gonna go. I'm yeah. gonna go. Floorwalker, women's prison. Because I think Pete is devious enough to go very specific with his example. So, Ethan is correct. He never oh, worked in a women's oh. prison. Oh. Jamie almost at it. Jamie almost at it. Everything Girls else like was true. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Everything else was true. The brushes, the hired gun, and the nitroglycerin, all real. I Never worked in a ladies' prison. I do, so, you say this was uh, until he was 18, and you you yeah. gave them in a certain order, which in my head canon is the chronological order. So, he was a brush salesman when he was 12, and when he turned 13, that's when he was hired as a hired gun for a crazy rich person. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Just a shotgun as tall as he was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. You had to cock it with two hands.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah back, so uh, yeah, back in those days, if you're 13, you look, you have a beard and a full, you're like a, a man by yeah, then, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, he would have been 13 in 1947. Okay, so just after the war. Just after the war. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> that was that was a little game about Harlan's work history. Um, his first novel was called Web of the City and was published in 1958 while he was doing two years of military service. He was at a base camp in Georgia.
1: That's the fake one. That's the fake novel. He did write
2: that (laughs) book, though. uh, That's all true. Okay. Um, His talents did not go unnoticed, and he ended up in Hollywood. Okay. Great. Good for him. Uh, He wrote the screenplay for the Star Trek episode City on the Edge of Forever, which is apparently a big deal. I've never seen the show, but it's apparently one of the best episodes. Uh, And this is one of my favorite fucking things on Earth. He also worked for Disney for less than one day okay, because very good. while in the cafeteria, Roy Disney overheard him joking about making animated porn with Disney characters <laughs>
1: and fired him <laughs> on the spot. Okay,
2: okay. And my favorite thing about like the Disney Corporation is Disney probably just called him like a Jew bastard and then like fired him for inappropriate behavior. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> probably
1: just made it all up about him, all libelous.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, So our topic today, like I said, is I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream, uh, which was originally published in March 1967. Okay. That's very old. Mm -hmm. Uh, The novel takes place within the hollowed-out tunnels of what is left of the planet Earth at least 109 years in the future. Okay. Okay. And this all takes place 109 years in the future after the three free spaces on Apocalypse Bingo
1: are all... taken up and have destroyed the world okay so the 20, free space 20 2076 yeah 2076 here we go yeah well i mean that's that's fallout but um <laughs> but that, the that's 109 space... years after 1967 oh, yeah Uh-oh. yeah so Whoa. maybe fallout, fallout is, is a nod maybe fallout is a nod to that uh harlan is not unrelated
2: to fallout which i will talk about uh later on actually there you go
0: um Anyway, Assuming my quick
2: math of- is right and we're we're not just you know, looking <laughs> yeah. like assholes here. Uh the free spaces on Apocalypse Bingo being Russia, the US and China. The, okay.
1: the 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 three wise men of destroying the earth. I mean basically I mean it'd be hard to not include uh Russia and the US when you're in 1967 talking about yeah. your superpowers, right? Like kind of dominated yeah. your life at that point um so yeah like
2: but it's very much like a more things change the more things stay the same it's fiction is all just the same two stories about the cold war going on way too long yeah um so in the time before the novel or the short story uh the cold war led these three countries to build what are called allied master computers to assist and eventually take over managing warfare completely Um, And it is sad to hear that even the job of genocidal maniac is not safe from automation. So somebody call call Andrew Yang.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sir, a murderer needs his job back. Like, I'm on the case. (laughs) Don't worry, don't worry. Not in my economy. (laughs)
0: uh, So on my uh, old WoW server, there was a guild called Gang Gang, and their leader was named Andrew Yang, and he had the most insane gear in the game. It was... uh, it was interesting. Yeah. Now they're called Hell Yeah, brother. But anyways, oh, that's so like I'm, uh
2: what's that? That's fucking the wrestler. Yeah, um,
1: Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I was, is it the Slim Jim guy? No, it's Hulk Hogan. Well, the Slim Jim yeah, guy I'm is sure. Hulk Hogan, but sure. I thought no, the Slim that's, Jim uh, guy Randy was Savage. Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're yeah. right. Yeah, brother. Maybe it's yeah, not. maybe it it it's Randy be, yeah. Savage who,
0: who says. Yeah. Brother. I'm not. I'm not actually up to date on my my wrestling at all. Did you guys? I have never seen it. Oh, I wrote Randy Savage's brother to see if he said it, and it gave me
1: the Randy Savage's like physical brother.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> of course. Do you want to talk about? Uh, you want to talk about silly names, Peter? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Leaping Lanny Poffo. <laughs> oh my god! Is is his name Lanny Poffo? I like oh, it.
2: Oh my god!
1: <laughs> so take um, that Harlem. Yeah, take that Harlan Ellison. You were never
2: in the WWE. (laughs) Um, So it might seem cliched by our big brain modern standards, uh, but in the 60s, the idea of like a AI waking up basically was new. So one of these three supercomputers woke up and gained sentience and then proceeded to integrate the other two computers, creating one massive computer whose circuits ran throughout the entire planet. Okay now uh the size of the computers may be due to the fact that it was written in the 60s or might just be for dramatic effect um and this reminded me of a gag in the simpsons that i had to look up uh professor frank is like showing off the frankiac 7 which yeah. is like a computer that he built in the 60s to apu when he was getting computer science degree uh, and it like barely fits in a gymnasium and then he says that uh that within a hundred years of the 1960s computers will be twice as fast 10,000 times larger and so expensive that only the five richest kings of Europe could own them. (laughs) So, the entire Earth, like, huge tracts of the center of the Earth have been hollowed out and just filled with circuitry so that the allied master computers could function, and now they're all one thing.
1: Yeah. Okay. They dug dug too deep and they touched each other.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They get Well, because you've got, like, the U.S. and China digging in opposite directions, meaning their USBs happen to be facing opposite ways and then actually clicked and fit in together for, on the first try, which was their mistake. Wow. They,
0: they clicked Right next to Satan's balls or I, whatever. I was just going to yeah. say it, Jamie. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> uh,
1: for anyone who yeah. doesn't know what we're talking about, check out our Purgatorio episode? Or Inferno. 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 Uh, I think, no, because that was when they climbed down from, from the Inferno. I think it was Purgatorio, the beginning of Purgatorio. but yeah, just one of those. skim over the divine comedy trillia. Tell us where gravity <laughs> is stored <laughs>
2: <laughs> So uh, now, since the unified Allied master computers started getting a little bit hostile, <laughs> uh, they started being referred to as adaptive manipulators and then the aggressive menace. So uh, this is Lord Boy's Canon. I'm pretty sure this was just Harlan Ellison desperately trying to work backwards for the name of the machine to be am because the whole it thinks therefore it am thing okay. does come up in the story <laughs> and he's like yeah it's going to be called am uh, uh allied master computer then it's uh adaptive manipulator
1: and the aggressive menace that that works those are all good names i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna say hundred uh, percent peter because if somebody like working on a science fiction novel right now absolutely have done it absolutely (laughs) absolutely i've like had a had a sheets of a notebook just like with rapture written over and over and over and try to come up with different acronyms for it (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it thinks therefore
2: it am and he was just like well fuck that's a that's a really good acronym i'm gonna stick with that (laughs) so am the unified global computer mm-hmm. having grown up on a balanced diet of digital warfare went beyond pe- pedestrian concepts like murder and genocide and simply killed every living thing on the planet except for five people so every plant every person and every animal except these five is gone the five richest kings of uh, europe
0: yeah the five richest kings too. of europe <laughs> 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 exactly uh. We need Jamie, on a well, wavelength st- today. I'm starting <laughs> to think the Simpsons knew about this and just made that bit for it because it did so well.
2: A lot of the Simpsons writers, I mean, back when I used to watch the show and like it, were incredibly well-educated. Just That just happened to be very funny. So, if that entire thing was just a silly bit, sure. I, yeah, I yeah. mean, Lord <laughs> Boy yeah. Conan O'Brien read this and then wrote a gag for the Simpsons. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, the reason he kept five people alive is because he had to ensure that he could take out his anger on humanity forever, so what he also <laughs> did was, was render these five humans pretty much immortal, and would instantly intervene if they ever tried to kill themselves. He's basically a god, and since he is built into the planet, he is constantly everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I'm, He's always omnipresent. Yeah, exactly. Like a god. Um it, it's almost, almost like we we will get to the limits of his abilities. Um I wonder
0: what are these five? Like is it like the cast of the Big Bang Theory? Like yeah. who, who are they? It's the, <laughs> the, it's the Jackson five. Going okay. to Mrs- or going to Kansas City. Yeah. Kansas he gave City, up Michael the I ability
2: go. to sing, but not the ability to have a childhood. So yeah. that was his
0: <laughs> The way he punished pun- yeah. Michael. <laughs> yeah. uh, Uh, I want to say Bazinga, but I have no mouth.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, uh, honestly, I would love to see uh, the cast of Big Bang Theory imprisoned and tormented forever at the center of the earth. (laughs) That'd be a a really interesting Halloween episode. I got no qualms with the the cast, but the characters for sure. Oh, that's true. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the cash themselves. I have a, I've got a bone to pick with the, uh, the whatever the guy with the glasses. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that yeah. narrows it down. Yeah, great, yeah. great, great uh, cultural I,
2: reference there, Pete. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I've seen, uh, I've seen a sitcom on television. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not just a filthy internet-consuming millennial. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, humanity—the reason. So, this is kind of the, the reason for his anger. Humanity had given Am the ability to think. But not the ability to move around or enjoy sentience or be creative or enjoy it at all. So all it can feel is hate. Not to mention it is just three armies
1: fused together, right? I know every time I have a genocidal thought, a nice like calming walk really sets me straight again. So the fact that he can't just go for a walk probably is probably what's leading to all this. Oh, yeah. I, I feel yeah. very similar. That's that's how we
2: started the podcast. We were both on our, like, decompressed from genocide walks and <laughs> yeah. ran into each other <laughs> on the street. <laughs>
1: exactly.
2: yeah. Gotta do so, something in, about this, huh?
1: <laughs>
2: in a dream, it manages to transmit to one of the survivors, and I will get into the character shortly. The quote is, Hate. Let me tell you how much I've come to hate you since I began to live. There are 387.44 million miles of printed circuits in wafer-thin layers that fill my complex. If the word hate was engraved on each nano-angstrom of those hundreds of millions of miles, it would not equal one one-billionth of the hate that I feel for humans at this micro-instant for you. Hate. Hate.
1: Okay, okay.
2: So, for reference on some of the measurements given in that quote, the sun... Is only ninety three million miles away, mm-hmm. and a regular full angstrom, not just a nano angstrom, is itself one ten
1: billionth of a meter.
2: Okay, okay. So he's not he's not a happy camper,
1: but he's he's open to to working on himself and changing. Right? That's kind of what I'm, I'm kind of reading between the lines here. And it seems like he's like he's like, hey, help me be a better person and yeah. control my anger. I saved five of you, hoping one of you was a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> I, like had no <laughs> <laughs> I had no way to know
2: I had no way to know so throughout the novel Am tortures his five pet humans with a variety of things uh, rancid food because he starves them all the time they can't die he keeps them alive so he just feeds them rancid food uh, nailing their feet to the ground and then causing month long earthquakes just so they just shake constantly <laughs> the entire month <laughs> and like actual monsters from legend Okay. So there's like a Bigfoot at one point in the novel, I believe. Okay. Um, it's never seen, but the character that has the dream like can smell it and hear it and runs away in fear. Okay. Uh, and there's also like a Godzilla-sized hurricane bird, uh, which is referred to as a rock
1: yeah,
0: or
2: yeah. a Hresvelg. Oh, uh,
0: that's so- the that's the Mega boss in Mega Man X, Rock. Uh- <laughs> No, the
1: bird that shoots hurricane stor- storm, bird. storm eagle or whatever. Storm eagle. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> storm eagle. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Yeah. So
2: The rock and the Hrezvelg are like from Iran and Norse mythology respectively. And they're functionally identical. They're
1: gigantic weather controlling birds. The rock is a D&D monster. Uh, can I just say it's pretty funny. Like the idea of him being like, what's up boners? Another day in your living hell. Guess what? mothman today here you go yeah <laughs> I, I would
2: love that i so uh harlan ellison reads the audiobook and his voice is very strange okay i would love it if one of the quotes from that fucking book was <laughs> sup boners <laughs> Sub mothman today yeah exactly. <laughs> to torment them for a month while they're like stapled to the wall or some shit <laughs> you know um am instructs the group to kill the bird at some point, uh, but not only is it the size of a mountain, he only provides basic bows and arrows made of sticks, and a water
1: gun. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, you really too? Yeah. storm too? Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and that's when they learn that, that that water water gun is filled with their own piss. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just pissing into the wind.
0: <laughs> um, yeah,
1: so like, Am is a very petty god. I right? Mean, it sounds like, yeah. Sounds yeah. like for for something so hyper intelligent, uh, not a lot of maturity.
2: Yeah, it's well, it's blind with rage, and, and it's only one hundred and nine years
1: old. So that's young for a god, I think, isn't it? I don't know. I don't really yeah. think that any of them are real, personally. So, I'm willing to say I none of them are older than that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that it's like with its computing power that amount of time would really mean like a lot more time in our perspective you know what i mean like yeah if they'd be able to run the like our lifetimes in a millisecond kind of thing but
2: fair yeah
0: point, well, it's, it yeah.
2: fills the entire planet so it can make immeasurable amounts of calculations per second but
1: it can you know? even come up with its own its own monster like it had to to rely on folklore i think it wanted them to recognize it boys, canon right okay. like
2: I don't know why. It's just like, well, I mean, if I just make a thing up that's huge and makes hurricanes, they're not
1: going to be afraid. I should make a
0: <laughs> bird that they're familiar with.
1: My my data tell me that they're yeah, afraid exactly. of giant wind-causing birds, not giant yeah. wind-causing sand,
0: sand trues. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like my family... My family feud survey of the five people tells yeah, yeah. me that. Yeah. <laughs> Top five answers is... <laughs> Muffin!
1: <my> <laughs> third one, though. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Bing! We surveyed 100 people, and yeah. when they were fed rancid canned meat, uh, they said... Oh, I was throwing it to one of you guys, sorry. <laughs> I was playing... I, I was playing. Uh, what's his name? Harvey. Steve, Steve Harvey. Harvey. Yeah. Yeah. Harvey Stevens. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, next time maybe point to us or something. Uh, I was pointing at myself. Yeah, after. which is probably what led to some of the confusion behind who you, who you thought was going <laughs> to yeah. bring it up. <laughs>
0: uh, so I'll, I'll say a, Bigfoot, uh, Loch Ness monster. Loch. Oh yeah, fuck it. <laughs> uh, so rain, uh, but instead it's fire.
1: Oh, is that a monster? Oh, I don't know could be i don't know uh that's an adele Um, song so maybe adele is the monster that does that that's (laughs) that's fire to the rain (laughs) giant yeah giant bird giant
2: adele it was a toss between the two Uh, you have to kill Adele. Here's bows and arrows and a water pistol. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she said yeah, fire my, rolling my water gun. <laughs> yeah, they'll be rolling in the deep for a while on that one. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so the short story follows the group of five on their journey to find cans of food in some ice caverns. Okay. Um, they can't die, like I said, and Am just starves them. He feeds them once in a while, but like I said, it's usually rancid. Uh, they do eventually find the canned goods. However, Am makes the tins impenetrable, uh, and in desperation, <laughs> all but one of the group kill each other. Um, Am can stop them from killing themselves, but not from killing each other, at least right away, which is why one is left alive. He <laughs> stopped from killing himself. That idiot didn't even think that we'd kill each other. We, yeah, we it- sure pulled the fast one on him, didn't we, guys? It's like <laughs> the term, you know, the Martians at the end of War of the Worlds. It's yeah, just yeah. <laughs> like, he wrote, again, he wrote himself into a corner and was just like, well, okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, so now that we know the, a synopsis of the short story, uh, it's a 40-minute audiobook on YouTube. I recommend it. It's very good. It's fucking weird, but it's great. Um, so now we can go over the characters and cover the differences between the short story and the game, and then I'm going to recap the end on who kills who and who is left alive. Cool. Um, I'm going to go in the order I played them, which was just left to right on screen, basically.
1: Okay. Sure. Yeah.
2: Um, the inability for the people to actually die is gamified. So if you die while playing, Am, who is again voiced by Harlan Ellison, he did VO in the game. Oh, yeah. Good for him. Um, just makes fun of you And you restart his little game As he calls it So the whole <laughs> thing is canonically Like the fact it's a
1: 90's adventure puzzler Is totally canon yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah What'd you do idiot? Slip in the ice cave and stab yourself with an ice pick? Oh, not on my watch <laughs> <laughs> oh, what did you, you idiot? What did you do? Slip in the ice cave and have one of your friends stab you with an ice pick? I can't fix that. <laughs> <laughs> well, or just like whatever. It's like use water
2: pistol with Adele. and it's just like nope. That's not end game, idiot.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, yeah, and uh, again, just because he's very classic here, Ellison wrote most of the game on a typewriter because in the nineties he didn't have a computer. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. So he yeah. had like a, a handwritten, like a typed paper script that he brought over to the dev uh the dev uh cyber dreams who also made another adventure game called dark seed which people might be familiar with no um that one has art from hr geiger
0: that's probably how they mapped out computer programs back in the day actually he's writing it on paper before they actually put it in the, the <laughs> into the computer oh yeah it must have been a fucking nightmare. Uh.
2: <laughs> Um, and this, so here's a another little thing here. Uh, the game is hinted at being a sequel to the short story because uh, at least one of the characters uh, references the quest for canned food as though it happened in the past.
1: Okay. However,
2: it is still 109 years after Am took over the planet. Okay. So whether he solved the problem that most of them were dead and then just did the did the game afterwards is unknown, but. I can't even remember who it was. It's one of the earlier characters that I played. Mentions like, "Oh, this is worse than the time that Am gave sent us to the ice caverns to find canned food." Okay. So, <laughs> considering the game is written by Harlan Ellison, it's a pseudo sequel, like yeah. by the same
1: author, right? I'm, I'm willing to say official canon. Um, yeah, definitely a sequel. Am found a way to bring him back, and I, like like I was jokingly saying, why would them killing themselves be any different from? each other killing you know like, yeah that just yeah. that just doesn't make sense to me but um another one of ellison's stories
2: a boy and his dog uh inspired Concerned. aspects of the fallout games uh okay. the entire movie's on youtube it's fucking weird it is about <laughs> a desert post-apocalypse where a guy and his psychic dog r- run into a bunch of like Raiders and Vault Dwellers and shit So okay. there's a lot in there that could have Inspired Fallout Little Mad uh, It's like a sheepdog who's like Psychic and communicates telepathically With the guy and it has A very foul mouth It's it's a fucking trip <laughs> <laughs> It's on YouTube though I, mean, I watched like
1: delightful. 30 seconds
2: of it I was like what the hell is happening <laughs> <laughs> um, And there's also a cute children's Puzzle game on the Wii Called A Boy and His Blob Ah, uh, uh. Yeah so somebody got real fucking disturbed by that story and was just like, I think I could cheer this up a bit yeah. and sell it to Nintendo. The the blob <laughs> still has an, a terribly foul
1: mouth. Yeah, it's a foul mouth <laughs> blob that communicates telepathically with a young boy. <laughs> In the desert where they're constantly preyed upon by sand raiders. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so overall, the game is a simpler point and click adventure because I actually managed to fucking finish it. Okay. Uh, I'm not good at these things. It is buggy though. I got the GOG version. Uh, sometimes, so the backgrounds are static. They're just images. Yeah, yeah. And like your character moves and things you can interact with are removed from the background. Sometimes these things don't actually appear. So puzzle items don't appear on screen. And sometimes even my characters were invisible. <laughs> um, if you at home are having this issue because you listen to this and I want to play it or got stuck because like. For me, the the first section, one of my puzzle items was gone. So I had to look up a guide, and I was like, what the fuck? It just wasn't there. (laughs) And and sometimes your character just disappears. Save, and then load immediately, and everything just reappears. Don't leave the screen. Just save where you're standing. Load. Everything's back on screen. It's all good. Uh, So the first character on the left, when you go to the character select, is a man named Gorister. Uh, So he's the first one I played as. In The book he is described as being anti war, he's a pacifist and a communist, so very Vietnam era hippie guy.
0: Okay, <laughs> all right. How do you retain any type of personality after years of torture? Well, that's I, that's amazing. I was gonna say, like 109 years after AM took over the
1: planet, wouldn't like what wars has he even seen other than the war against the giant supercomputer? And why would you be anti that when it's now torturing you constantly? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Am modified him psychologically to be apathetic and listless
2: and without a care for anything at all. Damn. So he took away all of his passion and motivation
1: for, the, for everything. The ultimate torture is he made him depressed.
2: <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> so Harlan Ellison was an activist. He, uh, an activist. He was in the Selma march with Dr. King. Okay, and in, in the sixties, he participated in that march. Good for him. So yeah, so the he was most likely. Anti-war, anti-Vietnam. I don't know if he was a communist. Um, He definitely did not like the Cold War, what with the whole apocalypse story that he wrote here. But I uh, that part I I don't know. I didn't look up his leanings. It wasn't as obvious as um, the guy who wrote uh, Starship Starship Troopers. Troopers. Yeah. Whose name I have since forgotten, because I'm a dumbass. Yeah, Alice Harlinson. Alice (laughs) Harlinson, yeah. (laughs) His name was Ethan Miller. He Uh. wrote... (laughs) (laughs) uh so yeah am modified him psychologically to be the exact opposite of what he was uh the first paragraph of the book opens to find Gorist. the four of them the four people find gorister's corpse hanging upside down suspended from a pallet by his right foot uh completely drained of blood with a huge slit across his throat underneath his jawbone yikes uh however don't worry guys this was just a cheeky youtube prank from am because <laughs> the real living gorister just like shows up to see what everybody's looking at <laughs> hey guys what's up uh, oh god yeah <laughs> he is understandably horrified and funnily enough does throw up in the novel oh yeah from, there from, seeing, from seeing his own corpse there you go i mean yeah. wouldn't you like yeah especially uh, like he, such
1: a gruesome manner <laughs>
2: Yeah, like, and also, like, what's the? I mean, what's the point? Am just
0: hates people, right? He's yeah. just, he just, just very mad. Um, ah, I'm looking pretty thin there with all that blood out of me. Yeah, that yeah, looks that's like, a nice depiction of me. You know, Oh, <laughs> uh, damn. Summer ice cave bod. Anyone? Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, if Am had not taken his ability to care, he'd probably be jealous of his own corpse. Wow. I because mean, remember, they they can't kill themselves, and they want and. To they found out because they've all tried. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he often recounts the story of how Am... Oh, yeah, excuse me. I, I'm rereading my own sentence here. Uh, Gorister often recounts the story of how Am came to be at the request of, of other members of the group. So it's like the only story left on the planet is, well, this is how the whole planet got wiped out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this one again? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, in the game... So all the characters are very different in the game because it's the game is longer than the than the short story. Uh, in game, he was a long haul truck driver. Uh, he neglected his wife to the point where she fell into a deep depression and was eventually committed to an insane asylum. Uh, Goris' section starts with him in like a ship cabin with a porthole. Okay. Uh, and if you if you look out the window, it's one of the first things you can interact with is like use window. You can see you're actually in a gigantic zeppelin. Uh, and then when you find the control room or the engine room, you see that the zeppelin is like powered by these fucking electrodes that are jammed into the skulls of animals. Damn! And then if metal. you flick the switch, it electrocutes the animals and powers up the engines. But why? Because Arlen Ellison is a psychopath. But who, damn, why? But, <laughs> but why though? <laughs> it's mostly domesticated animals. It's like you can you can hear birds, dogs. It's like they're silhouetted in cages when you zap them. Okay. Because um, you have no idea what anything's gonna do. You just like click use and you click the switch and then Gorister yeah. reacts like, oh my god uh, these animals are being tortured to death. And it's just like, you see the silhouette of like a monkey and a cat and a dog and some birds and shit. Yeah. And, like Just all in cages and that's how the Zeppelin is powered. And
1: not just any cat and dog. That's, that's Spot. That's your beloved childhood dog. <laughs> oh my oh. god, Mittens the kitten? Is that you? Oh. Aww. <laughs> So after
2: some classic 90s exploration, clicking on random shit that may or may not have been fucking on screen this whole time, (laughs) uh, you find a few items. The important ones are a knife, a gun, and Gorister's heart. Uh, His heart now has a compass installed in it, um, and it's been obviously plucked out of his chest, and in this case, mounted on like the frontal antenna needle thing of the Zeppelin. So it...
1: The compass in it is guiding the Zeppelin itself. Damn. To his true yeah. desires. Exactly. Which, surprisingly, um, surprisingly enough, is just eggplant. He's just looking for some eggplant. Yeah, you land in a Greek dude's garden, grab some eggplants, and <laughs> <they game it. laughs> yeah. You'd think it was self-annihilation, but turns out, aubergine. <laughs> <laughs> so he lands the airship at a greasy
2: roadside diner, probably for some fried eggplant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he meets his old father-in-law as well as a talking coyote. Um, one of these things is not like the other, I guess. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah. Uh, eventually, you can use the knife to murder your father-in-law and cut out his heart and feed it to the coyote.
1: Okay.
2: Uh, the coyote then reveals where you can find both your wife, Glynnis, and your mother-in-law, Edna. Uh, you have to go into the washroom of the diner, flush three times, and then you get transported to a meat locker where they're both tied up on hooks.
0: Yikes. <laughs> what is this alice in wonderland horror story yeah, right <laughs> it's, <laughs>
1: yeah. it's kind of saw-esque right Like, yeah, yeah it, it's so fucking weird too uh i
2: mean it's just it's insane right um it's revealed by edna who just has a complete psychological breakdown that she had actually been tormenting Glennis while gorister was away to try and get her daughter to leave him because she just hated
1: gorister mm-hmm no, so no daughter of mine is going to be with a long haul truck driver in the apocalypse. It, it, I mean, this is pre-apocalypse. None of these people are real. Right. Yeah. Except Dorister.
2: Yeah. Um, this led to her being committed and Gorister attempting suicide because he blamed himself when it was actually Edna who had been abusing yeah. Glennis. Right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, Gorister in this section learns to leave the past behind and not feel guilty about giving Glennis a- by giving Glennis a proper burial. So the shovel was one of the items that did not appear for me, like the okay. the, the coyote straight up tells you. He's just like, well, Gorister, you just need to bury the past and then you can fly the Zeppelin over those mountains. And I'm like, I need a fucking shovel, because I, you can see that you can interact with the ground. Yeah, yeah. The shovel did not appear, so that, that was when I had to look up a guide <laughs> and, and found out about the things don't appear bug.
0: Up till this point, it's not like, it could be not a shovel, maybe you have to rip out your own tongue and fashion it into a shovel or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> absolutely fucking bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. scream your regrets at the ground and a,
1: it'll open up for you. yeah. Come on, come uh, on, uh, Gorister! Just use your heart. Just like beating, yeah. your, beating your own severed heart against the ground, trying to dig a hole. <laughs> <laughs> so he gives Glennis a proper funeral, and then he takes Edna
2: into the uh, back into the engine room of the zeppelin. And you learn that the machine that powers the engines is called the motivator—the thing that the animals were all hooked up to. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you, you live every man's dream, uh, and you hook your mother-in-law up. To the motivator, <laughs> and use her to power the zeppelin.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, beautiful. So, so, so these aren't real people then, or this is pre-apocalypse?
0: Is this no, yeah, thing? in the game you have to use real people, so you actually have to shock your own mother in oh, yeah. to get the thing. To <laughs> <work>. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's. I
2: mean, it's all fake. Yeah, okay. like
1: so, it's like carbon copies of who who it was, and like with a healthy dose of LSD to
0: Gorister. Yeah
2: like am is, like, is pulling things from Gorister's memory yeah. and putting them in front of him just to see how he reacts yeah okay if you successfully escape he does have lines of dialogue that's like oh i didn't really expect you to do that and again if you die or just there, the gun you can use to kill yourself and then he just teleports you away and makes fun of you for being a pussy And he's <laughs> like, oh that's not how you beat this game idiot start over in the way it's kind of like a roguelike where you like because we've all been playing hades When you die in, uh, every death in quotes is canon in I Have No Mouth. You just restart and you know where to go and grab shit. So you can beat the puzzles a lot quicker.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Again, because it's all
2: fake and Am doesn't let you die. Right. Um, so next on screen is Helen. Uh, it's the only woman in the group. Uh, in the book and in the game she's described as only having had sex twice before the time where the stories take place. Weird. Yeah. Specific. Um... (laughs) But in both <laughs> cases, she's just reserved. Like, she's married. In the in the game, she gets married. Okay. And then the world ends shortly thereafter. Uh, and in both cases, in the game and in the book, she is a middle-aged black lady from the southern U.S. Okay. So, she has, like, a southern, like, Louisiana accent in the game. Mm-hmm. And in the audiobook read by Harlan Ellison, he kind of does his best to do a <laughs> vague <vegan,
1: a> woman. <laughs> oh, beautiful. That's beautiful. It's just like, he probably watched gone
2: with the wind and he's like, well, I just don't know rightly what to do. here. I just, I just want some canned peaches and shit. Like, yeah. Um, however, in both cases, prior to the end of the world, she was uh, goal oriented, motivated and successful. So she's said to have been successful in the book. That's not explained. She is a computer engineer in the game though. Okay. Like that is that is confirmed. She
0: worked downtown Manhattan. Okay. Cool. Good for her. So uh, that being said. What was she doing downtown Manhattan? She's selling brushes? Would she work in security at a prison? Or what was she, Yeah, she, she was a murderer for a rich guy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Very, very successful.
1: Nice. Um, from the bayou to the big leagues, huh? Yeah. <laughs> 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 buy you up to the Hudson. That's uh-huh. where
2: all Louisiana women want to go. <laughs> um, In the book, because her kind of like reserved sexual attitude uh, was what the way she was in life, in the book, Am manipulates her mind to make her the thirstiest woman on the planet okay. <laughs> and is then forced by Am to have sex with the four men in the group. Yikes. None of them get to enjoy it, naturally, because it's all torture. Yeah, she gets no pleasure from it except with Benny, who we will talk about next. Uh, And at one point when Am causes an earthquake, she falls into a ravine and is partially crippled before the end of the novel. Good. Yeah. Uh, In game, she is transported to a massive like South American styled step pyramid Uh uh, that's all, all made out of like technological waste. So just crushed computers and metal and wiring what are you doing step pyramid <laughs> <laughs> help me step pyramid yeah. i'm stuck <laughs> look up a guide on steam <laughs> <laughs> so inside the step pyramid uh we discover that she has like a unknowable fear at this time of just the color yellow okay. um and like yellow is often referred to it like with is like Cowardice. Similar is used with cowardice, exactly. The Yellow Lanterns in D.C. Uh, represent fear, as far as I know. Okay, sure. There's a Green, oh, green Lantern, uh, yeah. Yellow Lantern, Indigo Lantern, like, they all uh, represent some shit. I, I think thought you were talking
1: fear. about the District of Columbia, and I uh, I was like, I don't know what lanterns you're talking about in Washington, D.C. Yeah. that have uh, uh, the symbolism of fear attached to them, but sure. Vote both, both third-party, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> third-party for the Yellow Lanterns. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> Not Parthenax, but uh, Parallax. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't tell you. That was from the Ryan... um, And this is maybe sacrilege to some of our comic book fans out there. The only uh, Green Lantern exposure I've had is the Ryan Reynolds movie. So... I haven't been exposed at all, and (laughs)
2: not to that, thankfully. (laughs) Um, Right. So, yeah, yellow, cowardice, and with fear that she's afraid of the color yellow. Act with some puzzle solving. uh, It is revealed that back in the year 2012... While she was working as a computer engineer, a man dressed in a yellow janitor's outfit raped her in an elevator. Ah, I see. Yeah, we do it. Yeah. He had used his janitor outfit to do this in multiple offices around Manhattan, just posing as the concierge, and then he would assault women in the elevator. So this explains the fear of yellow in her section. Though, obviously, because you have to win the game, she does manage to overcome this fear because there's like a pile of yellow rags in an elevator at the time, and she starts to remember like, this situation despite the fact it's over a century ago that it happened yeah she uses a chalice from a previous puzzle to actually bash the guy's head in and then he dissolves back into rags so she does like kill the fear of abuse from the past physically within within am simulation
1: okay
2: uh so she overcomes her fear of yellow so you can solve there's just a big yellow room that you need to get into that's kill your rapist to get into the next room is the Is that a puzzle. puzzle? Yeah. It's that's the puzzle. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, eventually she gets all it gets long and she escapes the pyramid through a sarcophagus. Okay. That's like a second secret elevator. Good for her. Uh, next will be Benny. Mm-hmm. Uh, he differs probably the most, um, from the book and in the game. Definitely personality-wise, and a little bit uh, physically, which I'll get into. Okay. Um, in both, he used to be well-spoken and handsome. Just like a very nice, well-spoken, well-put-together, intelligent man. Charming young debutante. As punishment for this, how dare he? Um, Am has twisted him into like a hunched-over caveman thing. Um, in the story, he can still speak. However, it's really simple... And he's completely insane. Okay. Like it's very much like me, caveman, ugh, ugh, sort of stuff that he is like how he communicates. Confused, unga bunga. Uh, Holland? yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I wonder if that would give you like more comfort if you were being tortured all the time to like not be as smart to be able yeah, to think about it as not much, as like, be as aware of it. Yeah,
2: he he's kind of portrayed in the book as very animalistic. So he has very primal fear. Like he does still get terrified of things. Yeah. So but like in a much more primal sort of way. So he doesn't rationalize it at all. He is
1: very hot and cold as it, caveman it, probably were. It's possible that the sentience is there too. It's just like outward expression that is like oh. reduced. That that'd be even worse, yeah. yeah. Which is
2: <laughs> interesting cuz that's the route that they went in the game. Oh yeah. Um so in the book the narrator is actually jealous of Benny being insane because the narrator thinks he himself is in a clear state of mind, and that's his torture is to be completely aware of everything that's going on. All the hurricane birds, all the Adele yeah. music, all of the, all of the being nailed to an earthquake sort of shit. Like He's fucking there, and he remembers all of it. For oh the, past no, the curse years. of salience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, we can all probably relate to that, too. <laughs> 2020? Yeah. Yeah, 2020, baby. Uh, so, in-game, Benny cannot speak out loud. He can kind of just, like, hoot and point at things. So he kind of goes, like, "woo" and, like, points. It's, like, the only voice line that he does to other characters. Okay. However, all of his dialogue is an internal monologue. Oh, okay. So in the game, he's completely sane, which does play into your theory of, like, maybe he's awake
1: inside the caveman. Yeah. In the game, he completely, he totally is. Okay. I, I mean, yeah. considering the fact that the game is written by Harlan Ellison... I'm I'm willing to say, Lord Boy's canon. It's intended for him to be that way in the original uh, short story. Yeah, Harlan's dead now, RIP. So uh, we're the only updates to the story you're going to get, baby. Exactly. Yeah. Who else, who
2: else <laughs> is going to continue it? His estate? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should have
0: lived longer, idiot. <laughs> Being born in the '30s really got to you, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm sure he could appreciate the idea of not living forever. Not living after, forever.
1: Right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think
2: immortality is probably being torture is one of the themes here. Considering it's the thing that made Am crazy in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the other uh, major change from the story is that in the short story he was gay. Okay, and yeah. Am punishes him for this by forcing him to have sex with Helen. Right, and sh- he's the only one that she enjoys having sex with well, enjoys, whatever, sure, like, it's, yeah. it's torture by Am. The monkey man also has a gigantic, like, horse-sized penis.
0: <sighs> in it. the short story, get, like, get he it. has a
2: gigantic cock.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so,
2: understandably, uh, the gay monkey man with the 12-inch steak and cheese was not going to fucking fly
1: <laughs> in, in the 1995 adventure
2: video game. Yeah, fair. <laughs> he was changed to be a Vietnam veteran. Okay. So something, something else that uh, Harlan Ellison clearly uh, thought that needed some commentary on. He changed to Vietnam.
0: Uh, So he he both murdered and left behind several of his own men. Dude, what is it with like male authors and writing? If there's one female character and a bunch of male characters, like Stephen King with It, he made all the boys have sex with the one girl in the sewers. But that was for power to beat the monster but he goes on for pages I about know, like the girth of one of the boys and that things was like what? this, just like in the monkey the with the steak and cheese or whatever you said. <laughs> yeah. That was uh that was hey, a lot cocaine. of cocaine. steak and Cheese. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah.
2: Um, I like to think that in a pitch meeting, they were just like, Mr. Ellison, uh, this gay monkey man thing is not going to fly. Could you make it like a little more subtle? And it's like, well, what? Like he's a professional athlete. Like, no, no, yeah. <laughs> Even more
1: subtle, like what about the,
2: what about the military?
1: Like, yeah, okay, you can go with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so Mr. Ellison, this character of yours with the twelve-inch uh, member, uh, also a gay man. This is this is not going to be appropriate for children, whom we like to market video games to. <laughs> so, how about instead? You make him a Vietnam vet who murders in, his entire platoon. That's like way more kid friendly for us. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know? in this pre-DSRB age, yeah, yeah,
2: uh, <laughs> no one is paying attention to
0: video games. I think we'd prefer that. But yeah. like these authors could easily have just faded out and left us with the question in our mind and not having to picture a 12-inch member. But no, <laughs> they, they need to dive in and, and go on a couple pages about that. You know, well, in, in it's
2: just a throwaway line in in the short story. It, again, okay. it's only it's only. 40 minutes uh and it's just the narrator as he's describing the other people around him does mention the fact that uh you know
1: every time i saw benny's i saw benny's hog the other day this is truly the worst day of the last 109 years
0: (laughs) (laughs) i tried to hang myself with benny's hog (laughs) 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 am stopped me from killing myself Uh, yeah (laughs) Am
1: Am just made it hard, so I couldn't tie it in a knot. (laughs) Heavens. Heavens. So, Army Benny,
2: from the game, uh, is sent to, like, a biomechanical dome uh, inhabited by a primitive tribe of Stone Age humans. Okay. Uh, These people live a simple life, uh, harvesting fruit and worshipping Am. Uh, Am has also implemented a lottery system uh, where the villagers, uh, where the villager who draws the black bead from the bag of beads is sacrificed to Am on like a mechanical crucifix. Okay. Yeah. There was another short story that I read in like elementary so- school called "The Lottery." Yeah. Which was really inappropriate for children about a small town where they had, draw a lottery
1: and then stone the loser to death. Wow. Spoilers. Spoilers for a short story written in the forties, but yeah, um, yeah, I read it recently. Actually, the lottery, but they still they still teach it in in High school in in Quebec anyway.
2: Yeah, it might have been in high school. I don't I don't recall. It, I was very young. It's okay. a very strange story to just be like, and here's a small town where they choose someone to beat Murder. to death
0: with rocks. Yeah. yeah. yeah it was actually engaged. the lady who was bitching the whole time, so that'll teach you to keep your <laughs> trap shut, won't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ethan's engaged to a school teacher in Quebec, so I trust his opinion on this one that it shows up That's, in. She literally recommended it to me because she's like, this is a uh, story that
1: I showed my kids last year.
2: Yeah fuck them up actually. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> I want to I want to steer them away from gambling. Yeah. I thought this was appropriate.
1: Now all they do is hoot and point.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and one kid's hog, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, um yeah, so they've got the same lottery system in this little village here. It, they they all live in caves and just eat like peaches. Mm-hmm. Um Benny complains internally about being hungry the entire time, but naturally, Am has made the fruit poisonous, so you can't actually eat it. Like, if you try and use the fruit, uh, Benny just vomits.
1: Oh, okay. Good. Yeah.
2: He vomits out blood mostly, but, you know, it just shreds his insides. Classic Am. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Classic This is where the uh, razor blades and apples myth came from.
2: Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> With Halloween coming Yeah, my out.
2: neighbor, the supercomputer, put blades in my
0: fucking... <laughs>
2: <Exactly>. <laughs> so, uh, you do get to witness a sacrifice. So, after watching a woman get sacrificed, uh, Benny discovers that it's all fake. The Inside the women's remains is all just melted plastic and burned metal. The people okay. are all robots. So, it's all, it's all a stage, which does make sense because Am does say... I am, am the great and powerful before absorbing the sacrifice. So it's all just, it's the lottery. It's the wizard of Oz. Yeah. It's Harlan Ellison's old work. It's just, he goes to a cave full of like bookworm cavemen yeah. <laughs> to, watch be, to watch them be sacrificed. Yeah. Um, over the course of this section, Benny befriends the woman's son, uh, who is a mutated little boy who has three arms and communicates kind of directly into Benny's mind using a, a computer screen in the cave wall okay he's like the kid is your guide and you end up helping him like the talking um, dog
1: or talking coyote
2: yes yeah like like a talking coyote he's the he's the jimmy cricket of this section yeah <laughs> where pinocchio has to feed geppetto's heart to Jiminy to become a real boy or whatever the fuck yeah i think that's how it yeah <laughs> i think that happens in that disney movie
0: that's what I'd happened happen to Geppetto. Ask, i'd ask carlin but he got fired <laughs> 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 wanting to fuck pinocchio yeah yeah <laughs> what yeah I wonder how many vor enthusiasts like their popcorn of sexuality popped whenever um, Pinocchio got eaten by that whale. (laughs) Probably a few. At least a couple. I'm going to say, Jamie,
2: at least one. Yep, me too. There's no way it's zero. (laughs) (laughs) So he befriends a little boy who helps him kind of like solve things around the village since he's the only person who can understand him. Like Mm. all the other villagers uh, do not speak English. Um and I mean neither does Benny, and they can't read his mind. Yep. Um Benny steals the bag of beads and buries it. Uh in the graves of his soldiers that he killed and left behind. So there's also like a cemetery with the Vietnam veterans at the bottom of this cave village. Uh huh. Anyway, that's where you hide the beads. Um I don't know why you do this, because he's just like, without their beads, they're helpless. They'll never choose another sacrifice again. Like they'll just find
1: something else yeah <laughs> right i mean and we'll right. just provide more beads yeah exactly yeah. it's just like ah uh-huh. yeah it's like aha uh-huh, well you stopped us from killing
2: ourselves and for
0: some reason there's a limited amount of beads like <laughs> damn
2: it well, betty they, how- they,
0: mel- <laughs> they melted down all the beads for circuit boards so that was yeah. the only ones left yeah
1: <laughs> damn it how did betty know that the bead factories were the first thing i got rid of <laughs> <laughs> Damn, the girl guides and their colorful necklaces. Ah! Boy, this totally straight uh, Vietnam War vet uh, sure got my number this time.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hiding the beads does nothing. Uh, The villagers decide they want to sacrifice the mutant boy because they're prejudiced against him. Mm -hmm. But then Benny Coco the Gorilla sign languages his way into being sacrificed in the boy's stead. Turns out, since the people aren't even real, they're robots, uh, Benny is just teleported away. And Am once again reacts like, oh, well, I didn't expect you to do that. Learn the value of human life. Because you <laughs> suck guys in Vietnam, idiot. So that's that's how you beat that. Okay. Uh, in the book, Benny's a lot more animalistic, like I was saying. Uh, he tries to escape the center of the earth by climbing up like a spire of ruined machinery at one point. However, Am obviously knows he's doing this, yeah. and like telepathically lifts him up and like spins him around in the air while like <laughs> screaming beams of light shoot out of his eyeballs and like just melt his eyes out. Okay, so he he gets blinded. Just turns him into a nephilim, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Right. So he he gets he gets blinded by him when he tries to escape. Um. He's the first one to snap as well when they can't open the canned food at the end. He jumps on Gorister and starts trying to eat his face. Okay. Yeah. Good for him. So if you're out there hiring new staff, HR people, just monkey men are bad under pressure.
0: Don't <laughs> yeah. throw yeah. away that resume. After like a lifetime of eating rancid canned foods, a little face, probably pretty good. Probably yeah, pretty good. Though. Human flesh, probably pretty nice. Passive yeah. face beat.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I shouldn't be shocked, but it's kind of flavorless.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So next is Nimdok. This is second to last here. Okay. Uh, Nimdok is not his real name in the book or in the game. Am uh, took his name, erased it from his memory and just calls him Nimdok. Okay. Um, in the audiobook on YouTube narrated by Ellison, he has a German accent uh, and is one of the uh, one of the figures um, excuse me and is the one who figures that there's canned food somewhere in the Am complex. So the short story does not take place within the ice caves. Nimdok at some point is just like I heard in a dream or maybe Am implanted the thought in his head, which is probably a hell of a lot more likely. <laughs> there is a store of canned food in some ice caves. It's a thousand miles away. We'll have to walk. Doesn't fucking matter
1: because we can't die anyway. <laughs> Got um, nothing but My friends, don't you see? I had this totally independent thought. Uh, there's, there's food in an ice cave thousands of miles from here. Well, let's go. <laughs> I trust this guy yeah. sounds like he came uh, up with that on his own <laughs> yeah uh,
2: in the book, he's not very well developed uh he often just like wanders off for
0: unknowable amounts of time and returns visibly traumatized. When so, you say he's not very well developed is this are we talking about the steak and cheese are we talking, uh, about, are we talking about the titties on
2: this guy they uh, so uh, it is unclear whether Nimdok is stacked or not okay
0: <laughs> okay, all right, all right don't know.
1: Good question, yeah. though, Jamie. Good question. Yeah, I, I, I
0: just, I, we spent a lot of time talking about the development of the other guy's junk, so I figured <laughs> we were still in the same yeah, yeah. realm. It's, yeah. relevant. it's, weirdly enough, relevant to the plot.
2: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Part of his torture. <laughs> so uh, no one in the group knows what happens to Nimdok, and neither does he. His memory might be wiped or something. And also, why this is his torture in the book is not explained. Like, you turn the the protester into a guy who doesn't care. You turn the gay guy into a sex-crazed monkey man. You turn the virgin into, again, sex-crazed. Like, he, what he's flipping in... Nimdok is unclear, like, he he returns visibly
1: traumatized, like, yeah.
2: that's this is ironic, because in life, he was never traumatized,
1: that's all I do. He used to stay at home with his supportive family, and that was yeah. that was just it, you know? Uh, now I torture him alone, it's the opposite of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in he's, the game... He's forced to go get cigarettes twice a week, and, and
0: not go oh, back yeah. to his loving family. <laughs> 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 that day forced day to be yeah. <laughs> Well, like if his family was abandoned and thought that he abandoned them, and he could never tell them that he didn't, that would be a good torture. But mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, wow, yeah, Jamie, good like...
1: at coming up with tortures over here, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't yeah. had my genocide walk today. So. Oh, right, oh, right, yeah,
0: oh, I see. <laughs> Got to get fair. that out after... before the
1: show, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're
0: right.
2: <laughs> after we record, it's only quarter after seven. You you have time. It's yeah. nice yeah. and cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the game, uh, he is a doctor for the capital R. Regime, uh, running running experiments on the Lost Tribe while trying to build a golem in a medical facility with very tall fences. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, There are red flags everywhere, and not the this 22-year-old-still-kisses-his-mom-on-the-mouth kind of red flags. Nope. Uh, Literal red flags everywhere with a little white circle in the middle and a dark black AM (laughs) in a little triangle. (laughs) In those flags. Okay, so he's a Nazi uh, doctor. Uh, Ellison is a Jewish author, so it should be really fucking easy to figure out what Nimdok is in the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, well, the, the golem lost, too, right? Is from uh, he is from
1: folklore. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, the lost tribes of Israel are said to be ten of the twelve original Jewish tribes from the Holy Land who migrated out and integrated into other other cultures. Mm-hmm. That's the Wikipedia. That's the first paragraph. Sure. Uh, eventually. Nimdok finds a mirror in a pool of mercury and realizes he was a Nazi doctor. (gasps) Uh,
0: Oh, my God.
2: Gasp. Uh, And Nimdok actually sold out his Jewish parents to ensure his own survival. Yikes. Yeah. Like. Without a doubt, the most despicable character among them, like absentee husband, I mean, I guess the Vietnam guy is pretty bad, but like Nimdok is is a fucking low
1: point for like the
2: characters. It's just like, well, am I supposed to be sympathetic to this guy? Like, what the fuck?
1: (laughs) Hard to find sympathy for Nazis, you know? Yeah, it's just like short "Mm, supply. That's a weird, a (laughs) weird twist, but okay. Yeah, yeah. Maybe um, it's good that he's being tortured for all eternity, you know? <laughs>
0: yeah. Is so, eternal torture really appropriate for anyone, though? Like, I, I feel like there's. For Nazis, there's got to yes, be a limit. Sure. Eternal? That's a long time. Eternal is a long time. Yeah. Well, I mean, you tortured all those poor, helpless
1: Jewish people uh, to the end of their lives, so the rest of their time. Yeah. 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 i I'm, I don't know why I, you guys are being so wrong... Nazi apologists right now. <laughs>
0: no, I'm just, <laughs> just going to just... take a hardline stance here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Yeah. To be clear, I just think that that's something I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. Even like, it, like it's eternity it's of torture. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. yeah. 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 Fair. I agree with that. Um. Yeah.
2: So anyway, that, that's what Nimdok did. Uh. Up until this point, though, Nimdok had no idea why he was at this laboratory or at this camp. He okay. was mortified by all the things he was seeing. And had, like, didn't want to do any of it. So he was being forced by the guards. If you try and leave the camp, the guard will just shoot you. Okay. Yeah. Um, It's kind of funny, because it makes him kind of like a Mr. Magoo character, who's just <laughs> kind of, like, stumbling around. It's like, oh, guten Morgen, Air Magoo. Are you coming to the territory later? It's like, oh, I guess
1: I will. It just, like, kind of stumbles in. Well, uh, sure, had me had my scalpel, young man. Because it's so fucking obvious the entire
2: time you're playing this section, it's just like it's a concentration camp, yeah, yeah. fucking obviously. Uh, but Nimdok has like no fucking idea where the like all of his memories have been wiped,
1: and everything just revealed in one line of dialogue. <laughs> it's just like hey! it's like, well, that's done. This is this is what's going on. A uh, what camp? I'm finding it so hard to con- to focus. <laughs> <laughs> so, because Nimdok
2: is unaware of what's going on. You actually help the prisoners escape and escape yourself. Okay. So you release, you steal surgical tools from the, from the surgery room where they're doing experiments on people and you give them to people in behind the fence to like help them escape. You give them cutters and a scalpel and shit like that. So you, just cause he doesn't know that he's also a Nazi at this point. Yeah. yeah. So he, he's got like the sympathy still cause it, Am had taken out the evil, I guess, temporarily at least. Yeah. Just to shock him with his own reflection. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So the prisoners escape normally by killing the guards and just running off into the woods. Nimdok escapes through like a wall of screaming faces though. Okay, good for him. Yeah, exactly. Those are the hardest
1: walls to escape through, I will say. In my (laughs) experience, anyway.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, and then finally, we have Ted. Uh, Ted is the narrator of the short story. Uh, He claims, like I said, to be left sane as torture itself. Uh, but is still self-absorbed and paranoid. Those aren't really flaws when you're being tortured for 109 years. Like I would probably develop a little bit of paranoia
0: if I was being harassed by it. Adele that caused,
2: caused hurricanes
0: or some shit. Like, yeah, and then a, yeah, a supercomputer could implant thoughts into my mind and was constantly coming up with new stages on how to torture me with other robots and things like that. Exactly. It'd be hard, yeah, it'd be hard to trust what you see. <laughs> yeah. So. He and Ellen
2: appear to be the sanest in the novel and in the game he is explicitly in love with her. So like they kind of took the, or Allison took that when he was writing the game was like well like the, neither one of these people are completely
1: mad. So whatever they're in love. Not even if you're the last sane man on Earth, huh? Yeah, not even. <laughs> <laughs> I only want Benny's hog. <laughs> steak and cheese she uh, she was vegan so she
2: she's hungry for meat now Uh, yeah that's Uh, the flip yeah his story plays out like a traditional fantasy story um ellen is cursed by her stepmother who is a witch and he needs to help her uh he meets a demon named surgat who is from christian mythology he's a minor christian demon who unlocks things and does the exact same thing in the game you Give him some of your own blood that you cut on a piece of glass by accident, and he gives you a key. He unlocks a door for you with magic. Uh, you meet the devil who looks like a poker dealer, and an angel who just looks like Google Angel. It's it's the Philadelphia cream cheese guy, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> And he's got a bagel. He's got a, a bagel with delicious Philadelphia cream cheese, but you can't have a bite. Nope. If, it, if it, you do, it's, it's razor blades. <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> it's, it's, reach. it's on a poppy seed bagel it's like uh, ugh, well, uh, thank you um so in the game he's forced to have sex with the maid but it seems like a less bad version of what everybody has to go through in the book uh, oh no oh no they're making me have sex with the maid yeah because in <laughs> the book no one really it's like Ted's narrating it right so he has sex with Ellen in the book it's not like a positive thing where he's like oh it's a minor reprieve from <laughs> the tortures of the am complex it's it's never it's never a good thing it's all just part of the torture
1: yeah, yeah but yeah
2: he has to have sex with the maid and then you get into like an argument with her and she locks the door and she's like help me it's because you fix the oven you fix she's trying to bake bread you fix
0: the oven and then she fucks you <laughs>
1: Okay, I mean, yeah, just like real life, right, Harlan? Classic transaction.
0: <laughs> How does she lock the door? Is it, it only locks on one side and you accidentally leave the do not disturb sign on it? Oh, so then you're locked right. inside forever, yeah. Yeah, well, you leave it, there's like a tie on it, so you just can't go in. Oh, okay. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's why you need Sergat. So Sergat unlocks that door for you as the puzzle, uh, but okay. he, takes the, he, he takes the tie off the knob, so you know you're not invading anyone's privacy. Got it.
0: Oh, good, good, good
2: um His character design in the game is that of a rich boy, so he's got like the kind of like higher collar turtleneck with the loosely tied sweater around his shoulders, where they're like kind of flipped over each other over okay. his chest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he reminisces about boat houses and like other rich boy things. He like <laughs> criticizes the kitchen for being shitty or whatever because he's okay. in medieval times. Basically, he's like, yeah, yeah. "Why this isn't rich people food? This is bread." Ugh. <laughs> like it's just that he's just like a pompous dick yeah which is why his thing is like a traditional fantasy because he's very classically like prince charming but very, not so charming sort of thing waspy yeah um once he escapes so he's at just the end of the screen you can play them in any order it makes no difference so once he escapes all five characters are then shown in unique cages on stilts so they all get a custom cage very very thoughtful am mm-hmm. yeah Thank you. Uh, Benny's, I mean, actually, uh, not Benny's. Um, Ted's actually seems like the worst because he's just in a cage where there's just like these like orbs that are all around it that just shoot fucking lasers at him. (laughs) Like everybody else is kind of just in like a regular cage. Well, I guess no. Nimdok is in like he's in like a, a, a body. He's in like one of the like a Holocaust oven, but he never burns away. So he's just constantly in pain. Well, that sounds also very bad. It does sound bad, but I don't have a ton of sympathy for him, like we've already established. Okay, fair. Makes the
0: first one sound like a fun rave, dude. You're like (laughs) lasers lasers going off. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, Benny's
2: is funny because it's just like a cage made of sticks that just has like a little wheel on it that has like these two counterbalanced rocks and just two sticks that jab at them.
1: Poking the beast right it's gotta be yeah
2: uh, it's just like well like I turned him into a caveman I don't want to like put him in the laser cage that
1: would make any fucking sense can I just so say like, can I just say the the, ca- the laser cage uh, with the rave going on it's uh, Derud Sandstorm but the drop never comes for all of them <laughs> oh <So>. no for
2: 109 years yeah yeah Um, So once he escapes, you get to the final screen. Um, So the Russian and Chinese AMs reveal that they're still alive within the system. So the primary AM we've been dealing with is the American one. Mm -hmm. Um, The Russian and Chinese AMs contact you. They both take forms just to talk at you. I don't know why, whatever. It's a game. Um, And each character can be chosen in any order to transport to the final area uh, and there are multiple endings. So for me... I chose Ellen because in no instance does has she ever really done anything wrong, and I didn't know if there was going to be a limited amount of escapes. Okay. So I picked her first. Like, she's not a Nazi doctor. But, she's not a rich dickhead. She never neglected her spouse. Like, I was like, she just got assaulted. She's so first, was like, first right. in line for the arc. Exactly. Um, turns out that's not the way it works, and I lost her. She'd gone forever. You were, oh, really? Yeah, because uh. Uh, now... If you fail puzzles too many times, you get electrocuted and then you get teleported away, you just get zapped away and that character's gone forever now. Oh wow. Yeah, so I don't know if she's dead or just put somewhere else in the Am complex. She I lost her because I I, I didn't know what the fuck was going to happen. I was like, well, she's a good person. She gets to go first just in case there's like one seat on the uh, ejector pod or a whatever. Good, a good ending. Just in case, yeah. <laughs> Two seats but one seat belt. I'm just like okay like
1: uh, 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 out. What's, what's the good ending in this torture porn that we're that i'm playing
2: <laughs> uh there's like nine different endings uh um, oh, yeah. none of them are good like yeah. it's all it's, it's all fucking yeah. yeah um yeah so anyway the correct character to start with is nim because uh, there is a computer terminal in the middle of this in the, in the final screen and the pin code on it is 1945 which okay. is the end of world war ii once you put in this pin code, you can extend a bridge and that's where you get to go speak to the Russian and Chinese AMS. Okay. And you can also summon Surgat one more time, who is, of course, not a demon. He's part of the AI. And then you can communicate with him. Okay. okay. Um, I got two of the endings, because after I, I, I lost Alan and then continued and got an ending and then reloaded a save and then tried to do it with Nimdok first since I figured out like he was the fourth one I took. Okay. Yeah, My first attempt, so I had 4 out of 5 gone, and then Nimdok was like, oh, 1945, and then I got to communicate with the team. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and then just looked up the rest of them. They're all on YouTube, of course. Um, the Russian and Chinese Ams reveal that there's actually 750 other people left, wow. but they escaped the Earth and are in stasis on the moon. Good for them. Um, you can apparently save them in some of the endings, but in all of my endings the final character ended up the same as Ted in the book. So now we can get into the end of the book and the end of our little story here. Mm -hmm. Um, So like I had mentioned that uh, Benny can't handle the pressure and attacks Gorister in the ice cave where they found the canned food. Um, Their struggle knocked down some large icicles from the ceiling. And in an attempt to save Gorister, Ted stabbed Benny in the stomach and killed him with one of the stalactites that fell from the ceiling. Okay. Everybody then realizes just like, wait a second. Benny's fucking dead. He's free. We did it. So then after realizing this and he doesn't have a whole lot of time, Benny immediately kills Gorister, who has had most of his face chewed off by Benny. So good. Uh Ellen, being also mostly sane, realizes what's going on, breaks off a stalactite and pins Nimduck to the wall through his mouth with it. Yikes. And then Ted turns around and he's just like, okay, time to be the white knight. Kills Ellen. And then right before he can kill himself, Am stops him. Yikes. Oh. And because he's godlike and not actually god, he the one thing he cannot do is bring back the dead. Wow. So Am oh. has one guy left. And as punishment, he transforms Ted into a thing that can never be hurt. As the ultimate helicopter parent, Am turns <laughs> Ted into a like gelatinous wad that can only slither around. He remains aware, but not all the time. His inner monologue is the final paragraph of the short story where he's like, I don't know how much time passes between thoughts because I'm only partially conscious. He's just like this like slimy mass. He laments that he is too soft and slow to hurt himself. He's like one big airbag. Basically.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh.
2: And he leaves like a trail of goo behind him when he moves. And
0: Classic. then he's
2: also just like, I have no mouth. And I must scream. Oh, And that's the last,
0: that's the last uh, line. Of the book. That's the title.
2: And that's it. That's the book and the game and Harlan. And it's all very weird. Very weird. Very cool, though. Yeah, yeah like, I very much enjoyed it. I recommend both. Uh, it's cheap on GOG to get the game. And the book is on YouTube. Uh,
0: hey, I think I'll put the book on while I play some games later tonight. Just see how it sounds uh, from, from his mouth. <laughs> That's what I was doing. Uh so the whole time. I've been playing a lot of yeah. <laughs> I've been playing a lot of Monster Hunter, just uh, trying to get to
2: Fatalis and I would put the audiobook on when I'm just doing like resource hunts and shit.
1: Nice. Awesome. Uh we hope you guys enjoyed the show. Thanks so much for listening. As always, um uh, I'm I'm Peter's friend Ethan. I'm sometimes on the show. You can find me on Twitter at EthanTheDeadMan. Uh you can find us uh at loreboys.com. Most of our contact is there, loreboys.com slash about, and our contact is contact at loreboys.com. So uh feel free to send us an email. Uh feel free to get in touch with us however you want. How can we get
0: in touch with you, Jamie? uh try to go to lordwise.com about and see if you can find that silly old discord page we have uh i was just there today complaining about ea and 2k with one of our fun friends and talking about how we want hollow knight Silk Song to come out so lots of interaction going on in the discord so come yep. on in shout out to fragile shark
1: um yeah. peter where can you the the host of yield uh episode where can we find you
2: Loreboys podcast on Instagram
1: and then if you want to
2: suggest or maybe even buy a little bit of merchandise uh, go to loreboys.com slash about and click the t public link new shit's added all the time sometimes it goes on sale uh, the support is fantastic but if you truly want to support us for free uh, leave us reviews five stars on whatever app and you don't even need to write anything just high ratings ups our searchability, and that's way more valuable than anything
1: even though a little bit of a couple of little pennies our way don't, don't hurt. Yeah. Um, if you want to write something in your review, uh, you can take a picture of it, send it to us and we'll read it on air for you. Um, Take a picture of your own phone. That's how I like to read things. (laughs) Uh, and of course the, uh, last and probably most direct way to support us financially would be, uh, with our Patreon, patreon.com slash the Lore boys. Um, we super appreciate all our existing patrons. Um, shout out to you guys. You're the, you're the real heroes behind this show. Um, so yeah, uh, go, head over there, check out our tiers, uh, decide what you like. Uh, if you can afford a couple bucks, feel free to send them our way. If you can't afford a couple bucks and uh, you want to, you know, make waves with um, with Adele, you want to make hurricanes with Adele uh, <laughs> in Lore Boy's Land, you could just uh, subscribe to our Loreboys Boys Prime. Um, where we're here on a very special uh, initiative for Halloween for Lore Boys Prime, we are uh, creating Mothman. Uh, <laughs> It, it takes a lot of work. It turns out that his wings are made of uh, human faces. So if you have any human faces just lying around in your collection of spooky Halloween decor, uh, feel free to send them our way and we'll consider it payment yeah. for this
0: month's Lore Boys Prime. We almost finished the last one. Then the neighbor left the light on and now he's gone. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> he went to our neighbor's house where the light was on and it's, yeah. He yeah, got hurt.
1: Yeah. He flew right into that light. Yeah, I, I suppose that would constitute a Lore Boys. Lore s- Boys. Screaming Oops. out. Oops. Ah! Oops. Um, meatballs are stored in the balls. Meatballs yeah. are stored in, the- yeah. <laughs> Ari- Arianne gave me a thumbs up, so, and she's, uh, She's, she's a meatball doctor. A, she's a ma- um, she's got a master's degree, so. Oh yeah, that's yeah. That's More than of us. So yeah, she got a master <laughs> in meatballogy. Meatballogy. <laughs> <laughs> I had meatballs last night. It was quite good. The the meatball master.
2: I can poop whenever I want,
1: Ethan. Fit. You always could, Peter. Mm-hmm. Go go oh. where you're standing. I don't care.
0: Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable.